Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 283 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. I'm Lori Kim, and I'm a guest for this chapter. What up, Lori? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and this episode is sponsored by Ethan Spencer. Thanks, Ethan. You rock. I haven't seen your name in a while. Ethan, Ethan. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) Ethan's been around like the whole time. time. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. The whole time. time. Incorporated. Somebody could get a Coke out of that, and neither of you do it. Jinx you, me. Oh, nah, it oh, was it longer totally than like. No, it counts. What? Oh. It counts. Well, they're There's in the fridge. fridge. So, <laughs> guess what? We're what? all in the room where it happened. The room oh, where it happened. Hi. We're all together today. Lori, too bad you're not here. Yeah, why I mean, are you I'm, here virtually? You could have flown I'm in. I'm here in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a chair for you. There is a chair for you. Come on down. Oh, man. Well, I hope you're all ready for some happiness. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Today, we will be discussing part two of chapter 28 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, The Flight of the Prince. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to scream your way through the details. We are scream crying. I was going to say scream crying. Scream crying. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is actually quite (laughs) so sad. It's so sad. Katie finished the end of the chapter today and was like, wow, that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's accurate. Oh, man. Well, in happier news, Megan has some really cool uh, weekly profit. Yeah. Like, this is as of today of this recording. Yeah. Yes. So, first of all, shout out to Tyler. Um, he was with the Protego Foundation for a very, very long time, and he has been a part of this Accio vegan butterbeer campaign for so, so long. Universal officially not just will serve the butterbeer without the topping, which that was, was a fight. That, that was, a, was fight, a fight, and that happened um, this summer. They started yeah. doing that because that happened during LeakyCon. Um, however, now they have actually created a vegan topping. So I just want, I just want to read some of Tyler's Facebook post about this because it made me so happy. And again, like he's worked so long and so hard on this campaign. I'm just like so glad that they finally did this. It's such a simple thing to think of because this is not even just for people who are vegan by choice even people who have dairy allergies couldn't drink the butterbeer because the topping has dairy in it so um this is what he wrote on on facebook he said so happy to announce that universal orlando resort and universal studios hollywood have finally made a vegan topping option for regular and frozen butterbeer I'm interjecting here for a second because I I did. Katie found out for me that it's an option. So they still have the regular one. Um, You can ask for the vegan, though, which kind of surprised me because I was like, why not just make it vegan? Like, just make the drink. I wonder if there's a taste difference. Maybe. I'll be really curious. I'm. Yeah, yeah, I really want to go try it. So let's go. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They couldn't have done this last week. I know. Last week. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so he found out last night at 6 p.m. that Universal was unveiling this today, March 2nd, and did one of the most reckless things he's ever done. He said, I asked my boss for the day off and bought the last flight out of Denver to Orlando. He packed a backpack, wow. boarded his flight at 11.55 yeah. p.m., oh landed at MCO at 6 a.m. with no sleep, headed straight to Universal and waited until they officially opened to guests a few hours later. This is chef's kiss. I've done this some adventures like this. This is something that we yeah. have done. Had I known this was happening, I may have just flown back down there for a day. You know, yeah. never know. Um, he says, I'm beyond proud and privileged to be the first non-team member to get to have both versions of vegan butterbeer at both restaurants serving it. It's amazing, tastes delicious, and may finally give mother cows a slight reprieve from the horrors they endure in the dairy industry. As always, a big thank you to the Protego Foundation for making this happen and to Shelby of Universal Orlando Vegans for all the support for the Accio Vegan Butterbeer campaign. Cheers to vegan butterbeer. Cheers! So I'm so excited about this. Mm -hmm. Um, again, for for both ends of this fight, for the people who are vegan by choice, and for the people who have to be vegan because of allergies, like finally, finally, everybody can get to enjoy butterbeer fully to its not just because it's just it's not the same without the topping. I was glad that they offered that over the summer where you could at least get it without the topping yeah but like, i mean it was ridiculous to turn that down in the first place yeah no that was such a simple solution to allow more people to to try it but um i don't know why people gotta dig their heels in over ridiculous things <sighs> yeah <clears throat> well apparently it was the author oh well, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, so yeah that tracks <laughs> um so yeah Make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then they may too. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. As always, we are accepting Potter stories to our email. You can also send just any other fun things, questions, or concerns there as well. And our email is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Oh shoot! Recap, Adam. It's time for the recap. Beautiful. I love it. I gotta get me one of those because now I wear hats. There you go. Well, no, I can't take that one. That one. That one's sacred. I think. I think that's the only one of its kind. I think it is. I think it's one of a kind thing. The recap cap. I want to see your recap cap cap okay I actually wrote a recap but I did start it with yeah it really did happen oh my god were you gonna just leave it at that just to I be... thought about it <laughs> <laughs> I actually did my summary uh, yours Good is nice you. and long <laughs> high five Thanks. Uh, so Harry does a little chasey chase after Snape and Malfoy mm. and they make their way through the battle between Death Eaters and the Order and he tries to throw any and every spell, jinx, hex he can think of at Snape. But each one is deflected. And uh, mic drop, bomb drop, whatever you want to call it, Snape. 
Half Blood Prince. What? Whoa, man. Shocking. Yeah. And then we continue on with my summary for today's episode. <laughs> Hagrid makes sure Harry's okay. And Harry makes sure Hagrid's okay. Aww. They put out the fire to Hagrid's hut with Aguamenti. Then Harry has to drop the news to Hagrid. And Hagrid doesn't believe him. And acts like maybe Harry like hit his head and is just confused. Mm. But then as they head back to the school, they see people gathering at the foot of the tallest tower. And Dumbledore was there. Dead. Mm-hmm. Dead, dead. Not getting any deader. <laughs> Why are you laughing, dude? Why are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> it's awkward. <laughs> and he's dead. Harry kneels down and then sees the locket, which doesn't look like the locket. Mm. It's a fake. And there's a letter from R.A.B. And Harry feels like this night was all for naught. Meg, it's like that picture you took when you went to Turkey and that sign says genuine fake watches. Yeah. <laughs> Just a genuine fake locket. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that sign. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm really excited that Kara's coming. To Wizardly World of Kent. Oh shoot, that would have been a really good weekly profit too. They what, that Kara's dates. coming? <laughs> <The Wizardly>? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, you'll hear more about that next week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, will I cry, do you think? Or am I too amped up? I don't know. I think I'm too amped. It depends Probably. on where the mood goes. Like yeah. if it suddenly tanks, there's going to be tears. It, but... could, it could switch. Yeah. It could switch. Oh, uh, okay. So... Harry tells Hagrid that he's okay. And he's like, well, how are you? And Hagrid's like, I'm fine. I'm a Bob Schwartz half giant. Nothing hurt me today besides my emotions. Bob Apron? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There's no tears tonight. That's why we're not crying. Interesting. I would have rolled with it, and then I said, "Half giant." Some word. (laughs) Bob's aprons, half giant. I'm fine. All right. So Hagrid sets um, Harry upright again, and this feels like I don't know. He's setting him upright. It's kind of like a "You're a little kid. I'm gonna like set you up" kind of thing. And Harry can see him more clearly now and he has a deep cut under one eye and it's bleeding and swelling rapidly. Is that and from a curse? Probably. I would assume. If that's all he gets from a curse though, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I agree. What happens when you're Bob's choice? He's just gonna, <laughs> he's gonna put a big green dragon steak on it. Yeah, yep. he'll be fine. Hagrid said, spells and hexes, that's Bob Shorts. Yeah, truly. Um, Harry's like, hey, we should probably put that fire out that's burning your house down. Fire. And You're so fire. he tells him the spell, and together they accomplish this task. I know there's been a lot of like speculation about 
Hagrid's magic and his wand and whether or not it was fixed. But so this is kind of a tangent that I didn't know I was going to go on. Um, if we think about Ron's wand and how it was snapped in chamber and what it did, it's nothing like Hagrid and the magic that he performs. You remember Hagrid was kicked out of Hogwarts like fairly early on in his um, schooling career. And he just has rudimentary magical abilities with his wand. And I do believe, I don't know if it's been said by the author or not, but if it's not, it's personal headcanon that Dumbledore fixed his wand with the Elder Wand um, and put it inside that umbrella. And the reason why he's not very good at spell work is because he hasn't had training in spell work. That makes sense. Um, I agree. He can, perf- think- he can perform these spells. Right. I think that they, they would like glitch more often if it wasn't a full wand. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't work. Because right. Ron's was. Yeah. His would just backfiring. Like, you right. know. Slugs. Slugs, man. <laughs> um, and so Hagrid's looking at his house and he says, it's not too bad, said Hagrid, hopefully, a few minutes later, looking at the smoking wreck. Nothing Dumbledore won't be able to put right. Mm. And Harry is instantly in not pain. Not from the grave. Right. <sighs> God. God almighty. Just saying. Shrugs her shoulders. Like just rises up. Let me fix your house. <laughs> Zombie Dumbledore. <laughs> Zombie door. Zombie door. <laughs> Harry's instantly in pain at the mention of Dumbledore's name, and he knows that he's going to have to be the one to deliver this news to Hagrid. Shouldn't come from anybody else, though, in my opinion. You know. Yeah. Um, and then my thoughts on this Dumbledore's not going to be there to help put Hagrid's house back the way that it should be so I bet McGonagall and or Flitwick helped Hagrid put his house back together after this it'd be a sick combo to do something like that I agree transfiguration and charms work yeah I don't know why I'm completely blanking on this Mm. but is Hagrid at Hogwarts next year at all he runs. Yeah. He's on the run after, though. Mm. He throws a support Harry Potter party. Oh, right. And has to go. I know. That sounds ridiculous. Can we have a support Harry Potter party? And then Potter he has party? to go on the run. Yeah. Can we when we read that part? Yeah. Have a support Harry Potter party. Have a banner and everything. Let's wear glasses. Yeah. Put scars on our head. I will. Okay. I'll do it. Don't tap me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Okay, yeah, because I was like, I wonder how yeah. much more he even really gets to enjoy that house for mm-hmm. now, you know? Yeah. He's there for a little bit. Um, so Harry starts to tell Hagrid what happened to Dumbledore to deliver this lovely, horrible news. But Hagrid starts to go into what was happening with him. And so he doesn't really hear Harry, like, starting in and trying to explain to him what happened. Hagrid tells Harry that he was binding bow truckle legs when he heard the group of Death Eaters coming, and then he notes that the bow truckles will have been burnt to twigs. That's really sad. AKA probably not among the living anymore. And then Harry tries to start again, and Hagrid pushes on, and he's like, what happened? So he kind of like gets interrupted a couple of times. Um, 
And so Harry goes in and says he saw the Death Eater, or I'm sorry, Hagrid says he, that he saw the Death Eaters running down the hill away from the castle. And he says, quote, but what the ruddy hell was Snape doing with him? Where's he gone? Um, where's he gone? Was he chasing him? He, Harry, cleared his throat. It was dry from panic and smoke. Hagrid, he killed. Killed? Said Hagrid loudly, staring down at Harry. Snape killed? What are you on about, Harry? Mm. Oh, you get this this time. That's okay. I, get, I still get a really sad part anyway. Uh, Harry answers and says, Dumbledore. Snape killed. Pause. Dumbledore. I think that Harry... I feel, I feel like to a point, Harry did deep down believe Snape really was on their side, even though he didn't like him mm-hmm. until so, now. Until now. So I, I think that it wouldn't have been such a shock to him if, right. if he didn't truly believe that. I agree. Yeah. Like, obviously, he would have been in shock over Dumbledore dying, regardless of who did it or how. But mm-hmm. like, I think specifically the fact that it was Snape and how shocked he is over it makes me believe that Harry really did think Snape was on their side. Well, because he trusts Dumbledore. Right. You know? So mm-hmm. he's just really And they shocked. talk they all talk about how um Snape fooled all of them. Right. And how uh, does Lupin say in the next chapter something something like, well, we all thought he had changed we all thought Dumbledore knew this this certain thing about Snape and that's why he trusted him and that's why everybody else trusted him yeah mm-hmm. basically off of Dumbledore's lead <sighs> so Hagrid is just not comprehending this he he says Dumbledore what Harry and then Harry says he's dead Snape killed him just rip the band-aid off right. <laughs> right well i think that he i kind of feel like maybe harry was just like desperate for him to understand like please just believe me like i don't want to like say it over and over right like, this is what happened and haggard is just like he says don't say that snape killed dumbledore don't be stupid harry what's made you say that well also haggard's endured a lot of harry being like it's Snape doing this. It's- <laughs> Snape's after the stone, you know. Yeah, yeah. he's, oh, he's to- protecting the stone. Right. Yeah. But Harry says, "I saw it happen," and then Hagrid goes, "You couldn't have." And he, I, I kind of all, I always like envisioned Harry, almost kind of like defeatedly saying this. He's, like, "I saw it, Hagrid." Yeah. Like just kind of like, please grasp this. Like I. I don't want to believe it either, but I saw it. I saw it happen. Um, but Hagrid still didn't believe him. He just kind of looked sympathetic to Harry. Um, it was kind of like he thought Harry was just confused about what he might have seen and that they would figure it out. But like, it was OK. Um, but Harry is just kind of thinking like, you know, um, it's it's not OK. <laughs> it was not OK. Um, Hagrid explains what he thinks happened. He goes, what must have happened was Dumbledore must have told Snape to go with them Death Eaters. I suppose he's got to keep his cover. Look, let's get you back up to the school. Come on, Harry. Oh, I, I really love that we get Hagrid's 
very simple read on the situation, which in the mm-hmm. end turns out to be the right one. Yeah. Because um, he overheard Snape and Dumbledore with their argument in the forest earlier when Snape said, you know, what you're asking of me is too much. And Dumbledore <laughs> yells at him. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is one of the scenes in the book where people don't know they're being observed. So more of their real selves comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, I mean, Harry's just had this year where nobody believes him about anything and he was right about everything. Yeah. yeah. So I think part of what's going on with him trying to tell Hagrid he's dead, he's dead, is he feels so bad for everyone who is about to have to go through the shock that he just went through a few minutes ago. And like, it's kind of nice from a narrative standpoint that we see Harry being able to help somebody through the acceptance because it sort of helps Harry through his. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Harry has to accept that this really happened and he can feel it's too much to feel sympathy for yourself when you've just been bereaved like that, but you can feel it for somebody who's about to share that grief. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think he's upset with Hagrid for not believing it because he understands so much that like, nope, that didn't happen. Did not happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, he thought that himself. Yeah. Yeah. And saw it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of did as a reader. Oh, absolutely. Same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never got that. Harry was mad, just kind of like. Defeated. I mean, yeah, yeah. defeated. More so defeated with like what he was saying. And he lets it go too. Mm -hmm. He just eventually like stops and they just walk on together. He'll get it. And he'll, yeah, Yeah. I'll show you proof, you know. I just feel so bad for Harry and Hagrid very differently in this situation though, because it's like Harry is to a point having to relive knowing but like that information is there like it's sitting in him he knows Dumbledore is gone at this point Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily that he's reliving it but just that he has to reiterate that emotion over and over to Hagrid but Hagrid and and I like what you pointed out Laurie how like the simple reaction of what actually happened does end up being the truth Like, yes, Mm -hmm. Snape does have to go with the Death Eaters to keep his cover. Mm -hmm. But uh, what had to happen before that, unfortunately, was not anything that anybody expected. Right. So, yeah. So after this, Harry, this is when Harry stops arguing. He's like, I'm just going to follow Hagrid. We're going to go back to the castle. But he could see that all of the windows were starting to be lit in the castle and he could also see that some people were like creeping down can you imagine being a student and being woken up with this news god no i think in the next Mm. chapter beginning of the next chapter as as jenny's walking harry i mean we'll talk about this again obviously next week but something i didn't catch was the screams that harry endures as he walks back through the crowd, not screams at him, but screams of, I'm going to cry, screams of grief <laughs> yeah, from the kids. Like that, ugh. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I mean, it's such, I don't know. I, you know how everybody views Dumbledore, especially those kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's everything. 
Yeah. He is this symbol of safety. Strength. He's this symbol of uh like power mm. against evil. Mm-hmm. He's he's just this symbol of so much to all of them. And to like have him be gone, it's kind of like, okay, well now who do we look to? Mm. And I think, you know, for a lot of people it is Harry, but also you also want someone who is like maybe older and wiser so you're like okay well who now and they don't even have harry next year no and i think it does become mcgonagall mm-hmm. a little bit but yeah. it's like still just not the same yeah well especially with all the death eaters running the school too yeah mcgonagall has to be that just beam of hope that like things are going to be okay next year but that's your new title uh-huh. Beam of Hope. Beam of Hope. It's Hogwarts as as the other one. in Deathly Hollows makes me. It's terrible. That makes me want to cry sometimes. That's Voldemort how. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Real time life. Every day. All right. So Harry focuses on the ground at the foot of the tallest tower. And he thinks that he can see like a crumpled mass on the ground. And people are moving towards it. And this is when I think Hagrid mm, mm-hmm. starts realizing something is Not amiss right. more than he thought. So he goes, what are they all looking at? Said Hagrid as he and Harry approached the castle front. Fang keeping as close as he could to their ankles. What's that lying on the grass? Hagrid added sharply, heading now toward the foot of the astronomy tower. Notice how his tone's changing. Yeah. It's mm. a question and then it's sharp. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where a small crowd was congregating. See it, Harry, right at the foot of the tower? Under where the mark, blimey, you don't think someone got thrown. Mm. Denial. Yeah, Yeah. definitely denial. I feel like after hearing what Harry said, you have to connect the dots here. He knows. I mean, he starts just like creeping in. mm -hmm. Yeah, You don't want to believe. Um, and the description here of how Harry feels, like, it really makes you feel it. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, like, the words that are used to describe how he feels, I feel, are really powerful. Mm-hmm. So the book says, Harry walked alongside him, feeling the aches and pains in his face and his legs where the various hexes of the last half hour had hit him, though in an oddly detached way, as though somebody near him was suffering them. What was real and inescapable was the awful pressing feeling in his chest, which I attribute to like that sadness or grief that like just feels so overwhelming that you don't know how you want to let it out. Mm-hmm. But it's building in your chest. Yeah. And his um, his adrenaline's like coming down. He's starting uh-huh. to crash, mm-hmm. um, which has been I- going for like hours now. Yeah. And I've felt that before. Um when I witnessed that accident, I mean, I've witnessed a couple, but like, you're like superhuman at the moment. Yep. And then both times after the accidents that I, I witnessed and kind of aided in, you know, you get back to the car and I just absolutely, like I fell apart both times. Mm. This is why I could never work in medicine. (laughs) (laughs) I would not be good. Um, but I, remember after the one and helping the the older woman we went we was like mom was like all right i don't know what to do ems is here let's just go do what we were gonna do so we walk into hallmark and i remember standing there like staring at cards 
And I just started sobbing. And my mom was like, okay, I'm going home. <laughs> but like, yeah. he start, you like come back off this high, I guess you could say. And he's starting to feel all the areas where he's got, I mean, think about what he went through. They went to a vacation. Right. For, you know, how many, however long that was. Right. Um, they're coming back. He is fighting in like this mini battle. Um, what does being, uh, uh, oh crud. What's the word? I want to say petrified and that's not it. But like frozen, oh, petrificus totalis, yeah, yeah. you know, that was done on him. Like, what does that do to your body to be in that position? Mm. Yeah. Not mm. able to move. And then you're finally able to move. I mean, your body would have to, it's like sitting on the ground and your leg falls asleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't feel good when you get up. The tingly. Yeah. Um, is he like hurting from all of that? And, and he's starting to feel these things and, and the physical things are hitting him where his you know the hexes were he had to run through that crowd and then sometimes i feel like when you lose someone and you and you're going through grief you think about like how different everything is going to be and those thoughts start to kind of creep in so it's like the emotional side of this like things are never going to be the same what does hermione say at the end um everything's changing yeah uh you know, it's just I think this one yeah. in terms of thinking about the future. I don't know. A, a lot of there's a lot of talk in discord about what mm. death we think affected Harry the most. Okay. Um, and I do kind of think like I'm thinking in terms of like thinking about the future. Sirius and Dumbledore have to be pretty close together because mm-hmm. uh, who said it? Meredith was talking about she said how Sirius talked about Harry like living with him and um, you know how his whole life could be different and like regardless because you know the protection like that probably couldn't have happened but like Harry thought about that right? and that was very much that got torn from him that is a very different type of future thinking as opposed to Dumbledore Mm -hmm. going away because here I think at this point it's more of like a like I'm at a loss as to where to go next, what to do next, because Harry's missing a lot of information right now. And Harry, and he knows that I'm, I, I am fairly certain that Harry knows how much he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that has to yeah. feel terrible. That's daunting. Because who is the next person that he probably begrudgingly would have gone to information on what to do next i think it would have been snake absolutely so now he's lost well him amongst other order members right but mate i don't know i feel like i feel like he knew snape was on a different level though i agree i think he knew snape knew about i think he knew sorry i said too many weird words at once he knew (laughs) that snape knew what they were doing and i also think what do you mean what they were doing the Horcruxes. No, Snape no. doesn't know. He doesn't know. But I wonder if Harry thought that thought that he would. I wonder if he would have divulged that. I don't think he would have because Dumbledore, Dumbledore said not made to. him swear, "Don't yeah. tell anyone except Ron and Hermione." And um, which is so he weird. doesn't tell McGonagall. He and McGonagall, yeah. she or, demands it of him, and yeah. he won't. Right. 
You're right. Yeah. It's interesting because people are talking about Sirius and and Cedric and Dumbledore. It's like each one of those losses is, is a different type of loss for him. Yeah. Um, Dobby too. Dobby. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Dobby. So like C- Cedric is like the loss of the innocence and the, and the opening your eyes to like, this is, this is what it's like. Um, it, like somebody says, it's so innocent and that's his first time seeing somebody die, like be murdered right in front of his face. Sirius is like the loss of comfort and potential, um, home, like home and hope for future. And, Dumbledore is the loss of guidance and protection and just information. Yeah, all of them are very different deaths. It's hard to compare them all. Like, yeah. I just think I'm not saying I'm not saying that like others hit I feel like Dumbledore has to hit the hardest i would actually say even over serious i think because harry knows the daunting task that is ahead it's literally the saving of the wizarding world and dumbledore was the pathway for that yeah whereas like yes Sirius's family but harry never really had that to begin with so it's like he felt the loss of not getting it but he also didn't really necessarily know what he was it was like it was the loss of the hope of what it could have been right whereas like this he i'm fairly certain harry is incredibly aware of the consequences of good not winning over evil (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like what i'm what i'm thinking of When I think about how he experiences these different deaths, it's kind of not, it's not accurate, but just how people experience it. The Cedric death is survivor guilt. Mm-hmm. It's so shocking. There was yeah. no reason for any of it. No. And that haunts him into his adult years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well into. Yeah. And, you know, when you, the serious death, it is totally family because Sirius was one person where he felt like he could just assume that he always thought about Harry first and mm. Harry never had to apologize for it. He never had to be like the eighth Weasley. He mm, was, yeah. you know, the way that if you have a secure, if you're fortunate enough to have a secure family and know that there's some family member who's puts you first, even before themselves, that gives you a strength that Harry had been craving before he met Sirius. And then after he met Sirius, he had that. Yeah. for a couple of years and then he had to lose it mm-hmm. uh losing dumbledore is like losing god yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. that's the you know crisis of faith that he has in the next yeah. year and he and, and, he, the, and he has so much air, anger carried with him yeah when he when he's in his own head and he's thinking of these things um he carries so much anger at the unknown and also anger with himself about not inquiring about yeah. Dumbledore and the Godric's hollow connection throws him completely He's off. He's so mad at himself. He's so upset. It's always Harry. We talk about Harry, Harry, yeah. Harry. And he even thinks to himself, he couldn't imagine a young Dumbledore. I think he compares it yeah. to like 
a stupid Hermione or something yeah, like that. Just, and it's yeah. So unfathomable. Yeah. I like what Mia said. She she says, if we're talking about emotional impact on Harry, it was serious. But in terms of plot and how do I move forward effect, that's Dumbledore. Like, it's like being frozen. Like, Harry feels frozen right now. Like, okay, now what? I don't have a path. It's not so much, oh my God. Like, like I just picture, you know, Remus holding him. Harry back mm-hmm. in order of the phoenix and the silent scream in the film like it's so good it was emotional this isn't necessarily an emotional death for Harry it's more of like a daunting death it, it's does hard sense yes it does but it's also like if you I don't know how long it's been since you've read the last chapter of this book um but like I don't know he's clinging to his body yeah that reads pretty heavy hitting and emotional to me i don't like comparing these deaths though i know they're in a way they're incomparable yeah they're oh hi katie what you've been very (laughs) quiet (laughs) i've been listening what you guys said laurie show and i've been reading what everyone's saying (laughs) but yeah i um Katie, do you just see both sides? I do. I see both sides. Yeah. No, no it's, it's hard. I can't compare. I can't. It's hard. To I think compare they, they all, all mean different things. I think they all symbolize their own things. But yeah. in the end, they all have just hit in their own ways. I think I need to give myself a task of by next Thursday. Read seven. I need to have read seven. Tiffany just died. I need. I like. I seriously, really need to. Like the connections I right literally now have are it getting on nonstop. So intense mm-hmm. that like I. I just like I honestly. I'm kind of like I'm just What'd gonna read it this weekend. Janine just said Sirius didn't have a body to hold. Oh, Lord. imagine. I know. I saw that. And no, I, I, just, I mean, I think he would have. Oh. I'm just saying, like, this is also emotional. He did try to uh, follow him, though. I mean, he would have been right through. Do you think the veil would have kicked him out and been like, that's not your destiny? (laughs) That would have been funny. It's like the clown in Happy Gilmore. (laughs) I really need I really need to. I'm going to I'm going to need to find that box. I guess I have listen, it on my Kindle. Listen to I'm it. Not. Yeah. I love it. It will take to me it. too long to listen to it. Oh, please, 2.7. You'll be done with it soon. <laughs> I'm good. I kind of want to hold it. Read it. Okay. I just I hold it in that. your handies. We do have a uh, we do have a digital version of it. I know that's you what could I do just said. Kindle. I think oh, I'm gonna Kindle sorry. it. Do it. Kindle it. I, I will always support anybody in wanting to reread seven. I know. Does that mean I should too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I just really I really need to. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Uh, anyway, we're what uh, the heck? Do you have a credit, Mia? I would buy that, yes. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? I don't know. Yeah. All right. I don't oh, wanna this all came from that awful pressing feeling in his chest. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. here's some more sad okay so again with how harry's feeling the way he describes just how he's walking with hagrid and how he's feeling i like i unfortunately have felt some sort of way like this so he describes moving with hagrid as dreamlike so like he doesn't it's an out-of-body experience was that like me and you as we were exiting our apartment 
in Orlando. Dreamlike. Well, see, was that was dreamlike. happy. This is very. That was sad. all happy. <laughs> this yeah. is the. This is the not good dreamlike. Email with all of the things they say that we need to pay for. Yeah, anyway, they can that's go find that somewhere else. <laughs> um, so they're making their way towards this murmuring crowd. Uh, quote where the dumbstruck students and teachers had left a gap so harry's coming up here already knowing like i'm feeling what you guys are feeling but i'm already like ahead of you and that's gonna be really weird to walk into this group Hmm. so finally they get to the front harry hears hagrid who gives a moan in pain and shock Mm. dumbledore finally hit him to hagrid yes I don't even know if there's like proper words for that it, sort of relationship. He's like his champion. Yeah, his will. absolute hero. His protector. Yep. Um, Dumbledore trusts Hagrid. We always hear that. Even like maybe a slight father figure because yeah, he lost his I dad so, so young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, he trusted Isaiah. Hagrid to bring in, not infant, but one year old Harry mm-hmm. back to Privet Drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Sent him into that house to get him. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's that they have, I don't know. It's just, it's a massive blow to Hagrid because Dumbledore was always in support of Hagrid, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Harry just keeps walking forward though. Hagrid stops and he gets the Dumbledore and he crouches down beside him. And this whole time from now to the end of, of this episode, he's just like in shock. Like everything is just kind of like muscle memory. Like he's just like going through the motions of mm-hmm. life. And it's not till the very end that he finally cracks. Yeah. We're talking about what Dumbledore's death means to Hagrid is similar to what Dumbledore's death means to Lupin. Yeah, you are right. Half giant. People are prejudiced. Werewolf. People are prejudiced. Mm -hmm. I think that we just see a lot more of the relationship between Hagrid Mm -hmm. and Dumbledore than we do Remus and Dumbledore. But it's there. It's it's definitely there. But it's there. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that Dumbledore was the one who got him to come to Hogwarts. Dumbledore was the one who planted the Whomping Willow so that he could come to Hogwarts. Like, he changed Remus's life. Just like he changed Hagrid's life. Trying to trying to bring up stuff and make me cry. The heck? Yes. Gotta yeah. bring it around to you somehow. Me. Bring it around town. <laughs> Your tears. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was dark. <laughs> I don't know. A really long week. <laughs> Tiffany just has me send her a bottle of my tears every week. Just I'm gonna put it by the holy water. <laughs> It is in a pill bottle. Well, you can't. You gotta take it on a plane, man. You oh, okay. It. I get it. <laughs> so it's from Ireland. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Could just is be from the backyard puddle. <laughs> Who has random holy water in a pill bottle in their house? Martin. <laughs> probably from Ireland. He probably took it on the plane. I guess when they. <laughs> When they flew the first time, he had like a million rosary beads with him because he was so scared. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. I love that man. There's a lot of people with a random little bottle of Splash Mountain water in their house. Mm. 
Or is it just tap water that they're selling? You know, either way, it Whoa. probably smells the same if it's coming from Florida. You never Florida. know. True. No, you gotta just put some uh, hydraulic fluid in the yep. water, and then it's Splash Mountain water. <sighs> a little bit of mold. Yeah, yeah a lot gotta of have mold. mold. Yeah. Mildew. You gotta have the mold. <laughs> anyway, back to more sad. Uh, so why? I don't know. Why are we this late? Because we're trying to avoid. We're trying to make it through the awfulness. Yeah. We need to laugh again, and I don't know when that's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> what's a fun chapter um the beginning of the wedding <laughs> i guess i don't know <laughs> will no wow no! that great god what a happy chapter is when they talk about Dumbledore. i literally will. like there's <laughs> There's very little Ron humor coming up. <laughs> and then he just leaves. Right? <laughs> uh, okay, so we're inside Harry's head again. I mean, we always are, but like this is a big part of it here. Um, so he's thinking, personally, he knew that there was no hope of Dumbledore having survived or anything from the moment that he felt that full body bind curse lift. Because if it lifted, that means that the caster no longer alive um but still he says that there's there's no possible way that anything could have prepared him for seeing dumbledore there uh he's described as spread eagled and broken Ooh. hearing dumbledore and broken just like mm -hmm. that doesn't fit well i wish somebody would have like moved his limbs you know I think everyone I mean? was too shocked as, as to what happened. I guess if you don't want to, like, touch a crime scene or whatever, but I don't think anybody's coming to investigate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Hagrid's about to, though. Yeah. There's no WBI. Wizarding Bureau of Investigation. I went Warner <laughs> Brothers something. <laughs> don't sue me. <laughs> there is a WBI. It's called the Aura Department. Yeah, but they don't come and test for fingerprints at crime scenes. Do you think, think he's like a I don't spell? think he's got prints on him. <laughs> right? It's a vada. It's a vada. I don't know. Oh, oh boy. Okay, here's another sad quote. Sure. The greatest wizard Harry had ever or would ever meet. Right. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. This whole series is about the author not telling us what's going to happen next. And here we have future tense. Mm. Like it's mm. telling us no matter what we're about to go through in our minds with Dumbledore in the next volume, you know, we, we, the reader along with everybody else, we just really go through it questioning everything about him. This is giving comfort right now saying we were not wrong to love him. Mm. And we were not wrong to think that he was great and good. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's a boss move. I, I, I'm seriously, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I love this chapter. I love it for the writing. I think it's yeah. really well written. So, so did you say that we're supposed to hang on to that sentence as we go through seven? I think it, when I read that, when the greatest wizard Harry had ever or would ever meet, it really takes me out of the moment and gives me a larger view of like, we don't know how long Harry's going to live, who he's going to meet. 
for the rest of his life, but to give this tribute to a guy who's just died in Harry's childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, even though the godlike figure has just died, it, yeah, I think it's supposed to let us have the comfort that we had from this character for all the years that we did know him. I think yeah. we're allowed to keep it. Yeah. I feel like I as like I that. read Seven for the first time, um, I personally couldn't connect with Harry on the anger only because I kept thinking to trust the process and yeah. to trust Dumbledore because I felt like I trusted Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And so when Harry was feeling th- this anger and resentment you know, throughout the book, I... I couldn't connect to that. And I kind of was in my, in my mind, like, come on, Harry, come on, Harry. Like, I, I didn't want him to feel that way. I think I agree. I don't remember necessarily like liking Harry's reaction and just kind of being like, really? Like, come on. You don't like, you don't trust him. Mm-hmm. I still trusted him. Yeah. I just, and I, and I was like, is it really the end of the world that you didn't know he was from Godric's hollow? Like who cares? i remember thinking that and being like we're we're really mad about that yeah okay i think maybe harry was mad at himself for not asking questions yeah maybe. he felt i think he felt selfish in that time like i Probably. had this person in front of me that i had opportunity to converse with and none of it was about him it was all one-sided well dumbledore made it that way hindsight's 2020 yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't not on purpose I I don't think I don't think Harry's mad at anyone. I think it's the anger when somebody's dead and you were supposed to have them to be able to have a relationship with them as long as you love them and then when they're dead they're gone you can't do that. What do you mean? Cuz you know Harry knows fully well that he didn't have time to ask Dumbledore. So tell me about your mother. You know <laughs> like <laughs> Harry didn't do anything wrong. It's no. just that when somebody dies and you weren't done with them yeah you're gonna be angry regrets regrets if you were i was eating a milky way (laughs) (laughs) what that's what that's from and it's on his neck what my guy say regrets every day of my life you really don't know what that's from no, I thought it Put was it in the chat. thing. No, there's literally... It's yeah, a guy. It's a Milky Way commercial. It's this and the dude tattoo, with long hair. Look yeah, him. this tattooist is eating a Milky Way, so she I mean, misspells like, I've regret. Seen that guy, but I thought it was just, like, some dude on the internet. No, it's a really old commercial. <laughs> God. <laughs> First Spongebob, now the Milky Way commercial. Right? <laughs> Dare Jeez. you. Whatever. Jeez. Oh. Quit being like out there and living your life instead of watching TV. <laughs> to watch TV. <laughs> I'm usually just reading. Sorry. That's okay. Nerd. I know. I was reading Babysitter's Little Sister books, okay? Especially the one where she breaks her arm. It's my favorite one. I don't know why. <laughs> I just like that one. Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing in the world is when Meg does something that is like, it is a Slytherin trait somehow, and Tiffany will just send in a text, all caps, Meg, and then like a bunch of snake emojis. <laughs> my favorite thing. <laughs> so I have to remind her that she is where she belongs. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it. I love it. Oh, man. 
Okay. Who's got tissues? Um, I'm reading from the book. They're right no, beside you. I just want to laugh. Sorry. Let me just get through this, and I'm sure we'll say something else stupid. How can we we'll make laugh. it awkward? Right? Should I read it as a robot? Okay. Um, Dumbledore's... I can't even say it. Ugh, from the book. Dumbledore's eyes were closed, but for the strange angle of his arms and legs, he might have been sleeping. Harry reached out, straightened the half-moon spectacles upon the crooked nose, and wiped a trickle of blood from the mouth with his own sleeve. Then he gazed down at the wise old face and tried to absorb the enormous and incomprehensible truth that never again would Dumbledore speak to him. Never again could he help. That's sad. That's heavy. That but is actually, heavy. it's yeah. not true because there's going to be a portrait of Dumbledore that. I'll oh talk to. my god! <laughs> I'm just saying you're going to see him in the afterlife when you're both naked walking through King's Cross. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Um, so Harry somehow I don't know if he actually hears it or we're just described this the crowd is like murmuring behind him and like obviously I don't think he's paying attention to anything that they're saying but like can you just imagine what this conversation is going on all around this whole group it's got to be insane um, and after a little while Harry realizes he's kneeling on something and he figures out it's the locket and it must have fallen out of Dumbledore's pocket and he opens it uh quote although he could not fe could not feel more shock or horror or sadness than he already felt Harry knew as he picked it up that there was something wrong so this locket doesn't look like the locket he saw in the pensieve there's no markings on it there's no Slytherin's mark on it and there's nothing inside except a spare bit of parchment. Mm. And without even thinking about what he's doing, he just pulls it out and reads it again, just like on autopilot. So here's the note. To the Dark Lord, I know I will be dead long before you read this, but I want you to know that it is I. it was I who discovered your secret. I have stolen the real Horcrux and intend to destroy it as soon as I can. I face death in the hope that when you meet your match, you will be mortal once more. R.A.B. We know Regulus now all this stuff. black. Right. Do you have words to? Finish? I just want to know <laughs> that whole timeline thought process. Like, I want to see how all of that played out. You know what I mean? The Regulus thing. Yes. But also, like, I'm not gonna get emotional. As I lie to you all. <laughs> what they went through to get that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What Dumbledore had to endure in his mind and physically. Obviously, it was killing him. Mm -hmm. Along with the, the, the dead hand, the sick hand. That's also what they um And it's all for not. If you think about it, though. But in this moment for him. I know. It's, it's a terrible now. blow right now. It's a yeah. horrid blow. What the it, what if? did have what to could. But, but, but in Harry's mind I right know. now, what, yeah. what could have happened? What could we have done? Well, it would have been... I mean, could they... Did they know it was the locket? What do you mean? Going into that, did he know that he was going for specifically the locket in the cave? 
or did they just think it was a horcrux? I, just I think, think they just they thought knew. it was a horcrux. I think they just knew it was a horcrux. So there was literally no way for them to know if they had to do it or not. They had to do it. Well, yeah, of yeah. Of course, yeah. And Ron tries to bring up later, and Hermione very quickly shoots him down because she's right, Obby. Um, he's like, but what if what if he destroyed it? And Hermione's like, no, dude, we have to we have to go and find it to make sure. Yeah, because what or if you're like, wrong? Or like follow the trail to, you know, whoever did destroy yeah. it. Um, but yeah, there was no way that they couldn't have gone through mean, all of that. Even if, even if, um, you know, Harry made the connection earlier of the locket being in Grimald Place, they didn't know that it was even going to be the locket at the bottom of that basin. And also, yeah. obviously, he doesn't know this, but Dumbledore was dying anyway. Yeah. And it, I mean, it doesn't make it any better, but. Do I think it would have been that process. night without the potion? No. 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 Would have been weeks, maybe a month. They yeah. were coming on that, whatever Snape said is a year long timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It would have been up like real soon. And I had an amazing thought, and it went whoop right out my head. Go hop in the Darn. shower real fast. <sighs> Just talk. I'm sorry. Just talk. Maybe it'll come to me. Yeah, but if I talk, I got more sad stuff to talk about. Well, Get it over Catherine, with. Catherine, you know, right. you chose to end these episodes. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Did I choose that for you? Uh, oh, man. So Harry doesn't know or care what this message means at this point in time he's just thinking about how much it absolutely sucks that they went through all this but not yeah do you remember it i remembered it quick (laughs) not only is this a blow for everything that they did earlier in the night and the what ifs are zooming and it was all for nothing right we're going to the extremes with this right we can't think outside of our negativity box because we got to feel our feels right yeah this is also something Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it? How would it come in handy? Maybe you have an upcoming international trip. Maybe you want to connect with family and friends. Learn about a new culture. Want to understand certain pop culture things. Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 language, languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language ac- acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention, and it's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline. And it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has 
all 25 languages for any and all trips and languages needed in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Else I gotta figure out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's another, Pile it on. it's another thing on my to-do list. Your it's heavy list that I don't even know the ending of. This is a heavy locket. Yeah. <laughs> he's just and I think that's why he's kind of like, I, I don't know or care what this means. I'm not thinking about that right now. I know that it's going to be my problem later. But right now, I don't have the mental capacity to even think about it. Yeah. I, me and Meg always say, that's for future me to worry that's, about. That's future me problem. <laughs> oh, my God. What did I say to somebody today? I say it all that sounds like a often. you problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. All right. Let's end with a quote from the book because it is always just like the most powerful of sentences right at the end. Mm-hmm. Only one thing mattered. This was not a horcrux. Dumbledore had weakened himself by drinking that terrible potion for nothing. Harry crumpled the parchment in his hand and his eyes burned with tears as behind him, Fang began to howl. Mm. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) Fang did it for Tiffany. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But here's the thing. Fozzie knows when I'm upset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always. He senses everything Mm -hmm. in me. Fang has to to know that Hagrid's a hot mess express. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he got pets and snacks from Dumbly when he was down at Hagrid's house. Oh, for you know? sure. Um, uh, bang. Bang. I'm going to kiss his slobbery face. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. 
<laughs> Lori's got interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah, so she'll bring I it back do. up. Lori. Yeah. All you. The thing is, even though the sadness is almost unbearable, I love this chapter so much because uh, so many powerful author moves happen all at once in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about titles. There are um, the first is, okay, finding out that Snape is the half-blood prince. The half-blood part means that he is like Dumbledore and Harry in that it matters a lot what choices he makes about what kind of person he's going to be and how he's going to live in the world. That's, you know, those are the people that this series is about. Mm. And then uh, later in the next chapter, we're going to find out that Prince is because that's his mother's surname. And that is another one of the stories in this volume where um, people, truth about their family gets lost in one generation because patriarchally their mother's name gets erased. Right. Just, you know, nobody knew what Tom Riddle was because no one knew his mother's last name was Gaunt. And that was just one generation. And so that is connecting to this loud clue that we're supposed to pick up that when Snape and Harry argue about James, but they don't mention Lily, that's supposed to mean something. There's a hidden story there that's supposed to tell us something. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) And that's just like one part of the title, because then the whole chapter title is The Flight of the Prince, which just thrills me because... It means so many different things. So flight, it can mean fleeing, like mm-hmm. when they're when someone's being a coward or giving up, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, as I mentioned in the last episode, it was like um, something that the author had to endure when she ran away from her first marriage with her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to endure the judgment um, mm-hmm. that people are putting on you because, you know, OK, no, there's something I have to protect. But flight also can mean flying. And so we, um, when I realized that the author's mother's last name was Volant, that's the French word for flying. Mm, wow. So she put her mother's name into this title. Mm. So, you know, the whole thing that flight can mean running away or it can mean taking flight, flying. So, Flight of the Prince is a double maternal name title. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And so, I remember when I figured that out, and when I when I found out what her mother's last name was, I remember my brain kind of exploding, and I thought, "What was her? What is the author's father's name?" And then that's Mm -hmm. when my brain really exploded. Oh my god! Um, This, I don't. You know, obviously they have a a troubled relationship and we don't know when it's on and when it's off, mm-hmm. but her father's name is Peter James Rowling. And wow. if you go by like Albus Severus, the whole thing about, you know, your first name is your primary trait and then the middle name is your recessive. Mm-hmm. And you think about the many conflicts with fathers that are written mm-hmm. into this series. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's this one character who is the most despicable character in the series. Everybody hates him. You yeah. know, no matter what side you're on, 
you just despise him. He doesn't have any mm-hmm. honorable qualities, and mm-hmm. that's primary. And then yeah. there's a hero character that's supposed to be good, mm-hmm. a good father, but we never see any of his good. Everything good we know about James, we are told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's like emotionally we can't access it. We right. know it was true. It had to be true, or Harry wouldn't have that incredibly powerful Patronus. Right. Yeah, we know that's true. it's true. Yeah. It's real. And we know that the living people who remember James love him and loved him. And they're not making it up. He was a real person, but um, Harry doesn't feel it. He doesn't see it. He's only told. And the author doesn't show us, and we don't see it or feel it. Wow. So there's, it was real. It's desirable. It's important. It can't not be there. It is really there, but it's so hard to access. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and when I thought, who accidentally puts their dad's names in their book with, you know, no, with important yeah, characters? Right. Even sure. if you're an author who would accidentally do that, this author has never accidentally <sighs> named never, anyone in her no, life. <laughs> never. So you mean was Wolfie was... McWerewolf? <laughs> yes. <laughs> her relationship with her father a poor one, then I guess I, I truly don't know. I think that he was. Do you need a trigger warning? Yeah. No. The whole, well, the relationship. Yeah, well. I mean, it's factual. Yes. I guess I don't know. Uh, she has said on the record that he was violent toward her mother. Okay, mm. so there's and Peter. that, and that <sighs> she learned patterns about marriages from what she grew up with. Mm, okay, and when she had divorced her first husband, her father was the one who told the media that she had endured domestic violence in the first marriage by selling the story to a tabloid against her wishes. Mm. Good God. So Which is British a very warm-taily kind of, yeah. like, you don't, first of all, you don't ever sell a story to a tabloid, but that in right. particular. Um, and yeah, it's all on the record. You can look it up and it's pretty horrifying. Dang, that's terrible. Well, that, I mean, being shysty and going behind backs, that so, feels better. Mm-hmm. You know, but there was also somewhere love there and there, you know, and a real relationship too, somewhere. And it's important. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, the flight no, of the prince. That sounds like an accident. It, no, no it, with, not with her. Yeah, yeah. No, no, she's pur- never accidentally yeah. named anyone. No, there's and, purpose behind all those. I mean, if I wrote a novel, I wouldn't put my parents' names on anyone. <laughs> Yeah. And, I mean that's yeah. you have to really commit to it. Um right. So so that's another place that this title chapter title took me but the most obvious one for the whole volume Prince is the connection to um the prince by Machiavelli. So he's um 16th century political strategist from Italy who is the most Slytherin writer maybe ever. And (laughs) so in The Prince, he writes about tactics that you can use if you are a political leader and you need to 
be dishonest sometimes or sleazy in order to uh, do your job, in order to protect your people, in order to keep in power and keep enemies from taking over and uh, oppressing your people. Uh, So it's a guidebook. It's a political guidebook. And in The Prince, Machiavelli mentions historical, he makes mention of a historical emperor who was ferocious and shrewd named Severus, who killed his rival who was named Albinus. My gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we already knew that you know, oh, Prince, okay, that has something to do with Machiavelli, doesn't it? Um, and the way the oh, word Prince I'm, is... That is... Oh, my God. I know, I know. <laughs> so the way the word Prince is used here, it doesn't mean, like, younger. It doesn't mean, like, son of a king. It means um, a, a political ruler. Okay. Um, and the point of Machiavelli's book is that in times of political trouble, not in times of peace, not in times of stability, but when there's political trouble, like what Hogwarts is going through right now, a prince may need to do evil deeds in order to protect his people. Okay, so a quote from Machiavelli says, the prince should not depart from the good if it is possible to do so, but he should know how to enter into evil when forced by necessity. So, you know, that's Snape knowing that he has to go uh, cast an unforgivable. Mm. And another quote is, those cruelties are well used if it is permitted to speak well of evil that are carried out in a single stroke, done out of necessity to protect oneself, and then are not continued, but are instead converted into the greatest possible benefits for the subjects. So that describes how Dumbledore and Snape set up Snape to cast one Avada Kedavra and then Mm. use the fallout from that one act to protect Draco and convince Voldemort to let Snape be headmaster. And Dumbledore and Snape knew that only someone who knew how to cast dark magic and then feel true remorse for it would be able to carry out this plan. So this is what I gathered from the hint that uh, Snape chose Prince to be his name for his secret identity. That's awesome. So I, can't even, I don't even have words right it's now. It's all great. I love this Gosh. chapter. I love the title. I, I love everything it accomplishes. It's it's a very big achievement in writing. I love this chapter so much. There's... Oh, my God. I mean, you're right. Like, there... Half Blood's my favorite book. The and it thought still is process right now. in this, and the connections, and the, and the things that you have figured out. Like, where where were you, and what what year was it when you were figuring out these connections? Like, were you screaming to yourself in an office somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the Prince thing was automatic because Machiavelli. Hmm. Um, although when I went and reread The Prince after I read this book, I mm-hmm. was shocked because the last time I had really read it was for like 11th grade English or something. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, I and the other kids were 
disgusted by Machiavelli because he was saying, oh, you know, do this and that to make people not trust you and to be scared of you and don't tell them the truth. And it was hard to understand why he was advocating for all of these horrible sleazy tactics without understanding what he meant was if someone is trying to kill you and your people and your goal is to try to get out of that situation to save as many of your people as possible. Mm -hmm. You might have to lie. You might have to be a bad guy. And, you know, so this whole volume is just showing us Snape going, fine, I'll cast Avada Kedavra. I'll go be Voldemort's best friend. Uh." (laughs) And, you know, because if he doesn't, who's going to take over? And what's going to happen to Dumbledore's agenda? Yeah. And who can do that? If Snape hadn't been able to become headmaster, like what? It just would have been such a mess. Yeah, like the Carrows. Right? How exhausting is it, though, for him to be at those meetings? I mean, granted, Mm -hmm. he gets the reprieve of Hogwarts, but like to be at those meetings, to be constantly blocking your mind or, you know, create like. Here's and a question: just Having Wait a to deal with Death Eaters at Hogwarts the whole time he's there too. Would Voldemort yeah. know that he was being blocked, or is Snape creating? I kind of think he's fake... creating things. I no, think he's he... skilled enough. Or what, you have what are we to doing here. You have to give your true feelings that can't be correctly deciphered by Voldemort. Mm. You know, if Snape hates Harry Potter, just can't stand the sight of this kid and tells Voldemort this truth, Dumbledore knows that it's still possible to just hate a kid and still give your whole life to protecting Mm -hmm. that kid's life. Mm -hmm. Voldemort doesn't know that people could do that. Yeah. You know, Voldemort kills people even that he doesn't know. So why wouldn't he kill people that he hates? Mm -hmm. What about like outright lying about maybe whereabouts? Like, so I guess I'm thinking of uh, when Snape has to suggest to Mundungus for the seven, seven Potters, Potters. yeah, mm-hmm. um, like if he's questioned about that, you know, you gotta think well, on your toes. Probably, do I let you in my mind? Do I block you? Can you tell that you're blocked? Do I create a fictitious event? That's um, actually, yeah. The, um, Machiavelli in The Prince, he talks about this exact thing where for every single thing you do, if you're in this position, you have to think of plausible explanations, which yeah. we see as readers from the character of Snape is that every single thing he does, if you get like a Snape lover and a Snape hater in the same room, you can bring up anything Snape does in the whole series, and they can both have plausible reasons why Snape might have done it because he was a horrible person or trying to do you know that's that is the character and that's what a double agent has to do that's i mean Mm -hmm. that's the job description is what you're saying is snape is written very well (laughs) yeah and but the thing is not it's most people can't be double agents but the kind of person who can be one also can't have a normal life it's boring like the thing that sometimes if I think about what Snape had to do in life and how unrewarding it was and how relentless, it does bring me comfort to think this is a job that is worthy of his talents. 
because you know one of the the weirdest uh repeated jokes in the series was that this tremendous man all he wanted was to teach one subject instead of another like you know like no he he want why would his biggest ambition be to stand in front of a bunch of 11 year olds and teach them some other subject that they're going to be just as bad at <laughs> like he doesn't want to do that you know he yeah, expects people yeah. to believe that like that's that's such a it's insulting and you know the insult is part of his trials <laughs> like to, you know to take this enormously talented man and reduce it to a lie that these are his tiny tiny ambitions mm-hmm. you know what what's big enough you know we know what's big enough for Dumbledore you know for Dumbledore sometimes being headmaster of a school is just like a side project Right. You know, he goes it's off and he's, hustle. yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you know, yeah. he he makes himself be headmaster to keep himself honest. Mm-hmm. You know, because he could just fly right into the sun if he let himself. And I sometimes mean, I yeah. get that. Um, I get holding your well, not in that case. I'm not saving the world from anything, but like knowing that you have a weakness and then doing things to make sure that you don't fall prey to that. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I can connect with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. So Dumbledore, we know we can see on the outside how much scope he gives his own powers and ambitions. And we don't get to see what Snape does for his very considerable gifts also, but he has been using them. It's just been underground in this double agency way. But yeah, for yeah. something like Confunding Mundungus, you know, he and Dumbledore have a double story for every single thing that Voldemort might catch him at. Mm-hmm. And he's ready. And that's what yeah. the prince that by Machiavelli talks about is that if this is your job, you have to be, you can't sleep. You have to just be thinking, thinking, thinking all the time of every single possible thing that could happen that and how awesome. you're going to handle it. I hope it. he has a nice afterlife. <sighs> You know, in, in my in my so view, in my view, whether he's alive or dead, because whatever. But um, right. In my view, he's got every book he wants. Nobody bothers him. <laughs> <laughs> he has a full stocked lab. He can brew anything he feels like. Mm-hmm. I also believe that he made the COVID vaccines that were like inhumanly quickly developed. And I think he's been really busy the past couple of years. Probably. Potions master. You know what, Lori? I don't know if we talked about this with you. And I can't remember if I read this anywhere in your book. Forgive me. Um, It did come up on TikTok a lot. And people were sending it to me a while ago. And I meant to ask you. Oh, the Harry Draco thing? No. Oh. Something different. Um, But you're going to know what I'm talking about. Okay. There was like a TikTok going around. Um about Dumbledore finally turning over the position of Defense Against the Dark Arts professor to him, knowing that there's a curse on the position. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what do you think about that? Um, I think they were saving it that Snape was the actual Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher for every year that there right. was not a legitimate teacher in that role. Like, so when Lupin was there, Snape was not the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, except when Lupin, you know, had had to take Wolfsbane. Um, 
Let's rat him out. But yeah, but like, <laughs> like when, you know, when there were fake teachers, then Snape had to step in when possible. Mm-hmm. And then when they know that, okay, um, Dumbledore, his time is up on Earth. So mm-hmm. we may as well move Snape into this position because after that, everything's going to change. Do they know? Well, okay. So I guess yeah, my, my question is... I think they is, did know. You're going to be here for a year, then the plan is to make you headmaster? Or something. What, whatever and was whatever that happens after, after that, the cursed hand? Yes. When they, when they realized that Dumbledore had a year or less to go, then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we can start Endgame now. We have to. And Endgame means, Sucks. you know, now you get put mm-hmm. into this position where not only are you the legitimate teacher and you can pack as much knowledge into these kids as possible before say. they have to go fight the war, but also this is the guarantee of my public faith in you that's going to set you up to betray wow. everybody the most so that Voldemort doesn't have any reason to doubt you. Mm-hmm. And and in turn, like you said, pack the most that you can in your setting these kids up hopefully for success now granted your teaching style leaves something to be desired but (laughs) the information is there and and it's good and solid i think what a lot of people thought off the cuff though if you don't dive any deeper into it and you don't really think about it the way that we do and especially the way that you do um you know you could think oh well dumbledore is just kind of saying okay you can have this now. But that's also kind of the beauty of these books. Like you can just enjoy them for enjoyment or you also can do what we do. <laughs> Take them apart. Nitpick everything. Take out all these letters. <laughs> but like the fact that we can do this and have it make sense just speaks volumes to the writing of these books. The writing, uh, that's, the research. I just, it's crazy the fact that crazy good like i just honestly feel so lucky that we got to enjoy these growing up mm-hmm. and can continue to enjoy them as adults in almost a completely different way mm-hmm. totally different yeah like mm-hmm. yeah yeah just a completely different way and like have it still sometimes kind of feel new oh it always yeah. feels new you know like especially when Lori's here this. and she's like this means this and i'm like <laughs> like sweet <laughs> yeah every oh time God. i reread i find something completely new completely it hasn't happened it has not yet happened you know where i read through and don't change don't my something. mind about something yeah how often do you reread uh like two years every two years maybe every two years okay yeah. nice so oh there's a lightning question is that what you call them like from oh, oh. from the discord where there's oh i see one yes um i'm gonna pull sam gartley oh, yeah. is asking Lori, what was your biggest aha moment when writing about snape oh this is a good question this that is a great question sh- do you is it a i have i have one that is in volume seven that's jumping ahead and one that's in volume four should i mm. go with the volume four one because we don't want to jump ahead 
Yes. Sure. Yeah. All right. I want to save your <laughs> ahas for whenever we're having you on. I feel like we're probably going to have to have you on that very first chapter because it's so much. It's Snape right. heavy. A lot, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> there's 500 pages of Deathly Hallows where there's no Snape. Wow. wow. He's like, because I was waiting, you know, like everybody else during the years of waiting for Deathly Hallows to be published, I kept thinking, oh my God, how is she going to pack everything into one volume? I need to know everything about Snape. So, you know, we're, this is going to be like the book of Snape. It's going to explain everything, right? And then for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages, he's off off screen. He's off doing there. something else. Crazy. We don't know what he's doing. But yeah, anyway, so the biggest aha moment I had, I wanted to know if his mother loved him. Because, you know, was Snape loved? How could he treat children so badly? Was he loved at all? And then I thought, well, he, um, this is, it's so mean and true and hilarious that when he sees teenagers in the rose bushes, he blasts the rose bushes. It's so cliche and real like he is exactly that teacher <laughs> and it's for mm-hmm. all the stupid petty reasons that you think he's he's just bitter and envious and mean and i thought that's my answer he can't stand seeing teenagers having a date but when narcissa gets him and says my son is going to die. Please die in his place. Do this for me. He does not look away. He looks right back at her and he meets her exactly on that emotional level and says, I swear on my life, I will do this for you. And then I thought, oh, mm-hmm. his mother loved him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. It Honestly, because what you, I mean... Granted, we don't see it until like later, but he, if we're judging books by covers, like he was rough and you, you could tell something was off, but There's, he has so many issues. Yeah. That one he doesn't have, but that one's there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Let's get some, some other ones. There were a, a lot of lightning bolts yeah, being them. thrown around. I like this one. This is from Cora. Um, Do you think that the headmaster's portraits appear by themselves or does someone hang them up like maybe Filch? (laughs) Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine (laughs) Filch on like this super rickety ladder ladder and he's like climbing to the top of the of Dumbledore's office to like reposition them so that a new one can fit at the bottom. Oh my gosh. I think that they magically appear. I hope they do. Because that would be a real pain. I feel like they have to all like rearrange. And Hogwarts kind of like, would do it, you know? Yeah, like yeah. as yeah. the headmasters, like as there's more, they rearrange and maybe the portraits at the top get smaller. Oh. And then like... His is... It's the biggest one in the office is right behind the chair. Yeah. And I also wonder though, like... It could also be dependent on maybe who 
even wants to have more of a role in like helping the headmaster like maybe there are some previous headmasters who really like that's just not their thing so like they want to be up high and like maybe hogwarts just kind of knows the nosier that. ones are down low. and yeah because like phineas is a much older one but he's, he's like very lower. involved yeah so like mm. a lot of opinions and right peppers, peppers and opinions <laughs> um so yeah let's see Oh my god! It just makes me think of the end of the Prince's Tale when mm-hmm. Snape is leaving the room and he says, "Don't worry." What did he say? Don't mm-hmm. worry, Dumbledore. I have a plan. Yep. Who says that? I'm jumping ahead, obviously, a lot. But like, Laurie, when I read that line, I read a different Snape than what I've read in the entire rest of the book. He never mm. speaks like that. Mm. Don't worry, Dumbledore. I have a plan. Hmm. It reads so different. It's a different mood. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it doesn't feel like the Snape that we quote unquote would know. Yeah. Or what we're told to know. I don't know. It's almost like a Snape that could have been. Yeah. A Snape that could have been. Dude, is that the, that's the Snape? I think it it's different. I don't know. That's that's a Snape who has come to terms with Dumbledore being dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there comes a time when you if you know what you're doing, you can stop being upset that he's not there to tell you what to do anymore and you can think, you know what, I have to grow into this. I have to know what to do. Yeah. And I by the end of the book, Harry is there too. Yeah. I wonder if he knows in that moment, because that's when he's leaving with the sword. I wonder if he knows in that moment that this is a giant step in the positive direction of the downfall of Voldemort. Because it reads as confident. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it it reads as confident. It reads as um, I'm my own person. I'm being guided, but I'm also a leader in this situation. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it without him. Yeah. And he's using, okay, I mean, he's using the power of Lily, of Harry's mother. And we go back to mothers in this. And I wonder what it's like for him every time he casts that Patronus, because I feel like it's very few and far between that he's able to do this only because of the double agent kind of life. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a warm, positive feeling that he has to come up with. And the doe is obviously a reminder of her. Mm-hmm. And he gets well, to see Lily. If you're trying to risk your own life to save someone that you absolutely cannot stand, but you have to remind <laughs> yourself of their humanity, they have one thing in common, Harry and Snape. Their love in life was formed by Lily. Yeah. They have the same magic like they can recognize that. So, you know, cause that's, that's like the hardest thing in this series, right? You know, you can save your friends, but would you really die for like somebody that you can't stand? Well, yeah. Yeah. In the end, if you're like Harry and Ron in the room of requirement on the broom, trying to get Draco and Crab and Gwen, yeah. Yeah. You do kind of have to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, for Snape to be doing this, you know, does he hate Harry any less? No. <laughs> That's the whole point. Is like, no, to do what 
if you're really going to do what you know is right, yeah, you're going to find the humanity and the shared love that you have, even for your enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This whole episode is deep. I know. And (laughs) our sections were so tiny. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sarah asks, didn't Regulus know that he was going to likely die when he went to the lake? And if he did know there was this risk, why didn't he share the Horcrux information with a high level known Voldemort opposition person like Dumbledore, for example? I don't know what you just said. (laughs) That was. It was a lot. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Didn't Regulus know that he was going to likely die when he went to the lake? Yes. Yes. And if he did know that there was this risk, why didn't he share the Horcrux information with a high-level known Voldemort opposition person, such as Dumbledore? He was young. Regulus maybe was he, young. Yeah, maybe he didn't think about it. Um, I didn't think formulate that a full plan. You he know? may have acted. This may. I mean, that's why I said I want to know the timeline of this. This could have been. Well, if he is a Slytherin, which we know he is. <laughs> Um, I know that there is this cunning behind it, which I think, I think a lot of that is kind of like this personal, like you want to be the one who's cunning. You like, it's, it's like you found this information. You kind of want it to be yours. And I don't know if he would have thought to go to somebody as big as Dumbledore um and and share that and not kind of it's like a it's like a i want all the credit type of thing like um uh, i'm not thinking that because we see 16 year old draco not thinking he can go to dumbledore when he's been trying to kill dumbledore we see how unfair dumbledore has been to slytherins Mm -hmm. and these these are little death eaters you know, and then we yeah. see what it took for Snape to give his whole self over to beg for Dumbledore's health, help, and how Dumbledore, mm-hmm. you know, how how Dumbledore receives him, and he's like, "What do you want from me?" You know, one of Voldemort's disgusting followers, and so <laughs> for at age of sixteen, for Regulus to be faced with this incredible evil, it's not surprising to me for him to think, "Well, you know." Uh, Gryffindor headmaster wouldn't even give me the time of day. Also, would they kill me on sight? Right. I just, yeah, I I just, I can't think that he would have even contemplated going to Dumbledore. And I feel like, I feel like everything was very moment to moment. It happened fast. I feel like there weren't days or in between things. Like, I know that we joke a lot about (laughs) Gryffindors being the best yes we are thank <laughs> oh, you continue acting before they think yeah house uh but i also think slytherin is very much that way as we well share a lot of traits mm-hmm. yeah like slytherin is very much um we're gonna think about the consequences later of this and i guess maybe that's what i was trying to say before it's not so much that like he didn't want to share his knowledge it's more so he was acting before thinking he he figured this out he acted on it he didn't even think about what was gonna happen i mean sure he he probably knew he was gonna die but he didn't necessarily think about 
oh, maybe I should tell somebody else about this. He was just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to tell Creature. Creature's going to destroy this thing for me. This is probably the only Horcrux, and he's going to be mortal. End of thought no process. One, no one would have thought he, had he more was going to make yeah, no, more than that's one. That's true. So, so, like, I just can't. I just can't see Regulus thinking far enough ahead in this process, especially at 16. Well, I mean, he probably even... thinks it's one. Yeah. So he was like, well, well I'm going to take care of it. Creature's got it. This is, yeah. It's done. Nobody else needs to know. Do you think he thought he could make it out? No, I no. don't. No. No. Yeesh. I mean, sad. he knew that That's even sad. if he did, Voldemort would find him right away. He was That's true. He or was gonna he die thought... very soon, one way or another. I think that or he somebody probably else would do it before. Would rather not die at the hands of Voldemort in the personal sense, like that, like face to face with Voldemort. He would much rather uh, just like let it happen the way that it unfortunately did, as opposed to being face to face with Voldemort. I wouldn't want. I, I wouldn't. If want... if okay, dark, dark. If we're going to talk about, I mean, how did he die? Did he drown? Because I don't want to go that way. If you want to vodomy and it's over, okay. But but to feel the potential. Maybe I'm going to be tortured. Maybe I'm going to be Exactly. Maybe this is going to be drowned out. Right. The unknown of what Voldemort would do. Or choose zombies, but and and not only that, what a choice. But also thinking about the people who are surrounded by Voldemort, uh, and that he might pawn this death off on them, Mm. and how they may do it. Mm. It put him in control of how he was dying, a little bit. I mean, and I also, as a Slytherin, can see wanting that over the unknown of being like i'm gonna put this in voldemort's hands if he finds me yeah sure and then you know he can decide how i'm gonna go no i'm gonna do it myself and i'm gonna i'm gonna go out the way that i want to go out it's dark thinking but that's how i would feel i'd be like i'm not gonna put that in. i'm not gonna give voldemort the satisfaction yeah you know, but it's also would. winning over Voldemort because Voldemort's not going to figure out what happened. Correct. Und- I mean, it didn't work out this way, but Regulus planned Voldemort to get the note. <laughs> yeah, said, right. Yeah. You know, Little, he, he clearly didn't know him, Lord. but he didn't know him very well because he should have known that the arrogance in him, he wouldn't go and check on check on that Horcrux on the regular. Right. But like if he ever did to find out, oh, you thought nobody would get it. I got it. You don't know where it mm-hmm. is now. Oh my god, how boss would it have been if in that circling at the end of Deathly Hallows, Harry just like pulls it out and is like, by yeah. the way. <laughs> R.A.B. says this. <laughs> and I quote. <laughs> oh man, what else do we have? Are there any fun ones? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Everything's so deep. Uh, well, I mean, they kind of all are a little bit deep. I mean, this is more of a Okay, Mia asks, did you make the R.A.B. connection right away or before Harry did? No. Heck no. I, no. I literally had no freaking idea who it was. I was like, oh, cool, R.A.B. I mean, I did when <laughs> Harry paused at Regulus's door and was like, hmm. I was like, oh, right. I get it. <laughs> like, oh, also, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I was in my 30s when I read this, and okay. I had no idea it was supposed to be a mystery. 
I Lori. read that and I Did because you know I wasn't a kid. Yes. Like, be, oh, oh, that must be the brother Get that Siri's talking about. <laughs> and you know, nobody else like and then I thought for a second, you know, oh, does anyone else fit those? No, nobody else. Okay. So, you know, next chapter. And then I finish the book and I read everyone saying, Oh, who is it? I'm like, oh, oh. I guess I am not the target audience. I am not a kid. I am a 30-ish mom reading this. Okay. Well, apparently you and Mia yeah. in our chat uh better than everybody else, apparently. <laughs> or or not not a 13-year-old. Yeah. I don't know, Mia. How old are you? A, a baby, baby, she says. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, just brilliant. Yep. Uh, are there any, like, what's your favorite way to eat a potato? <laughs> 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 Where are those days? Oh, <laughs> Roasted and browned, R.A.B. What did everybody eat for dinner? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? Roasted and brown. R.A.B. <laughs> the potatoes. Roasted and brown potatoes are really delicious. <sighs> I do. Voldemort bested by a potato. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Totally. Uh, oh, I like this one, Jess. What would you like a, quote, flight of right now? Margaritas. Beer. You what? said beer? Yeah. Sliders sounds good. Oh, Just had sliders on Funny hot ice cream. Oh, you know who has good guacamole flights? El Carnicero. Excuse me, a what? Yeah, you heard me. Yeah. Guacamole. Their blood flights. orange margarita is. Ooh. Ooh. Lori, what about you? What could you go for a flight of right now? Oh, I'm thinking I'm um, about to take my kids to Miami for some sunshine. It's uh, my kid's spring break starts this weekend, so that's the flight I'm going on. There you go. She went for a different flight. Right. (laughs) I like that. I would also like to go on a flight on a vacation. Sounds good. Same Z's. All right. Well, that ended on a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do. We're gonna stop right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stop while we're ahead. Uh, This fan story comes from Michael Armstrong. This is from January 2022. Hello, ladies. I don't know if you guys read stories from non-patrons. Of course we do. But I figured I'd everybody. Yes. But I figured I'd send mine in since I've listened to you guys for so long. I'm a very proud Ravenclaw. My wand is silver limewood with a unicorn hair core, ten and three quarter inches long, and slightly yielding flexibility. And my patronus is an Ibizen hound. Ibizen hound. Do, do those look like greyhounds? I think they do. Do they? I believe I say it wrong every time what is it somebody they, they the look chat. a little greyhoundy they're just uh they like ones like a heads? reddish and white color but send it in the discord okay please they're very cute i came to the fandom quite late 2014 but since of years sorry but, <laughs> but since i've gone full obsession only behind my obsession for star wars i never thought i would really enjoy a story about witches and wizards but that but my then girlfriend, now fiance, gave me a tablet for Christmas so that I could more easily read books on the train while commuting to college. When it came, oh, I'm sorry. With it came a three month trial of Kindle Unlimited, which included all the Harry Potter books. I knew her father was a fan of the books and he convinced me to try them. I figured, why not, since they would be free and I could see what all the fuss was about. Oh, they are cute. 
(laughs) I immediately enjoyed them and burned through them quickly, reading them at night even after I got off the train at home. Once I finished, I bought the whole series in the physical book form and reread it that way and watched each movie after reading the book. I became obsessed and the rest is history. My fiance has never read them, but I finally convinced her to start them. She's seen all the movies with me and her favorite characters are Dobby and Snape. I can thank Alan Rickman for that. Mm. Meanwhile, my favorite is Sirius Black, and for that reason, Prisoner is my favorite book. We were supposed to go to Orlando to visit the Wizarding World as well as other attractions for the first time, but our trip was booked for March 2020. Conveniently, the day we would have got on our flight was the day the park closed down because of COVID. We're hoping to get there soon to have one big vacation there before we start trying to have a family when it'll be much more difficult to soak in everything. I've also attached a photo of our dog, Dart, in his Harry Potter bandana, who we rescued at five years old. He's a Chihuahua Dachshund mix, also known as a Chihuini. Chihuini! (laughs) With the exception of the color of his fur, we've been been told by many people that he looks like Dobby, which my fiance enjoys. You guys. Oh my gosh, I just made. Our friend has a Chihuini. Yeah, she's got even bigger ears than this dude. Yeah, but they do have huge ears. Oh, your puppy is so cute. Her name is Wee Wee. This is Dart. Hello, Dart. <laughs> so cute. Uh, you guys were the first podcast I ever listened to, and it turned into another obsession of mine. Um, I now listen to too many podcasts to count, and you introduced me to Ez. Listening to you has given me a new outlook on many issues and many topics, both inside and outside of the Harry Potter fandom. You guys are great, and keep doing what you are doing. You do make a difference in many people's lives, and I get excited to listen to you each week. Best, Michael Armstrong. Michael, I need an update because I need to know, have you made it to Orlando since the shutdown have you gotten to go on your big vacation and visit the wizarding world did you go today and get vegan butterbeer i need to know um <laughs> i want to know more about your dog and your fiance and just i i need to know more of everything yeah i'm so sorry for you that it was literally the day that they closed mm. rough 100 understand some of that you know yeah i mean you know if you listen to those episodes in march close to March 2020 and we were all really upset that things got canceled. Good night, Alana. Good night. Oh, I love your jammies. They're so soft. Yeah. You sure? <laughs> this is a cool hoodie. Oh, <laughs> Alana came to say good night. So cute. No, I think that someone's computer fan is going. It's mine. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't think. But why would it pick up? I don't know. Well, we'll put a background noise thing on. It'll be okay. Dumb. Should we wait for Tiff? Or do you want me to read my joke? You can go ahead and read your joke. Tiffany had to bounce out for a second to say goodnight to Alana. So, fun fact, today I was gathering things to actually, like, pack recording stuff to come over here, right? Mm Because that was exciting. And at the right moment, I opened this one box. I don't know what I was trying to grab. And I found all my joke books that were packed. So, woohoo! It was perfect timing. Yeah. It was. Um, So, I took a picture of it so that I wouldn't, like, forget 
to bring the book and then be like, well, I gotta look up a stupid online one. Uh, so this one comes from Great. No, this one comes from Great Guffaws for Gryffindor or whatever that particular book is called. What happened to the house elf after he was freed? I don't know, Katie. What? He became very successful. Aw. Success. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> success. Successful. Successful. What? I know. I keep saying it wrong. How do I say it? Do you want to see what the word looks like at that moment? Successful. I can't. I can't do it. Successful. Successful. Yeah, you oh, got it. Successful. <laughs> amazing oh my god also i forgot to totally say this thank you michael for your story i was talking about your story but then yeah. i forgot to thank you for it and i got really excited about my joke thank so you so thanks much. for being I, yeah, you I, please tell us if you've made it to the wizarding world okay um did anybody get bingo i don't think anybody did i don't think so so that means let's see yeah, just don't talk about my pronunciation problems. I know what I said. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, right. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Where? House Cup. Ravenclaw's still in first. 6,849 points. Hufflepuff is in second with 5,881. Slytherin is in third with 5,358. And Gryffindor's in fourth with 4,441. So that's where we're at. <laughs> I will say next month is the YouTube live Q&A. And that will be another opportunity to get points yes. for your house by submitting questions, questions getting read, just being there, all that jazz. I'm just happy to be here. Mm. All right. Thank you so much, Lori. Where can we find you? Oh, wait. I should read my thing. Who deleted my thing? Well, oh, I didn't touch the doc. Nobody deleted anything. So up here, Sorry. you skipped. I just skipped it. <laughs> uh, all right. You can follow your host on social media. Myself and Katie are on Instagram and TikTok at the Petrus family. And Tiffany is on Instagram and TikTok at Tiff Swish underscore Flick. Mm, mm, mm. Now, now, Lori. Lori <laughs> where can and we find you? I'm at lorikim.com, L-O-R-R-I-E-K-I-M. Awesome. And that's another way to spell awesome. <laughs> what are we... <laughs> Tiffany, your what face. Are, what like, are we even going to Get out of my do? house. No, I'm just thinking, like, what are we going to do without Lori next episode? <laughs> I, I feel like it's going to be before long that, that you're back, so... Well, like I said, the literally the first chapter... Definitely. Of Deathly Hallows is Snape. Yeah. So, yes. I'm sure you have a lot to say about that chapter. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Megan said that too. She did. And then she denied that she said it, but we have recorded proof. Do. Um, by the way, I think I could say this for all of us. When we redo those Felix files, mm -hmm. on oh. Snape, which we were very ambitious to do them in the first place so early when on we did um yeah will you be on those 
We did. I can hardly say no. (laughs) I'd love to. It's basically just going to be a breakdown of your book. (laughs) I kind of think that that would be a really great conversation to have when we finish Deathly Hollows. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We were like, just just started out podcasting. Let's talk about Snape. Talk about the most heavy character ever. (laughs) I don't think we realized. No, No, we had. Well, we didn't know what this would be. No. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely they're gonna they're gonna be a whole different vibe, mm-hmm. <laughs> a whole different vibe. Mm-hmm. Man, I should listen to those, but maybe don't. I don't want. To. I don't think I. Want to. <laughs> I don't. I'll want be like to. cringe. <laughs> yeah, I used to listen, um, so I could remember what we were talking about, and now I just fly into yeah. the night with no direction. <laughs> Did you say you take a flight? Hmm. <laughs> I yep. do. Take a flight. I do. I take flight into the night with flights of margaritas. Oh, so good, so good. Great for those of you who are of age. Ah, uh, and on that <laughs> note, <laughs> what's this for? We didn't say. We didn't pick anything for. Well, for Florida sweat for flying, <laughs> and. Falling with style. (laughs) Mega. Katie, you gotta you gotta tell tell the joke again for Tiffany. You said a joke. Yeah. I had to pop out to say to say night to the to the Lou. What happened to the house elf after he was freed? He became very successful. And I just I couldn't say the word. I kept saying sock sexful. And it sucks. Successful. No. Successful. No. Successful. There you go. You were missing this. Here she goes. Megan with an H. I refuse that. That makes me sad. Crumpled dumbbell. Oh, what was last time people want us to name a Dumbo's Tumble? It was. That was the episode title. That was the episode title. Oh, lovely. I, put it, it I know what this, uh, I know what that, this episode is for. Yeah, what Vinny. is it for? It's for Megan and Katie being in Cleveland. Ohio. Hey. <laughs> it's a welcome home episode. Yeah. Glad it's to have you back in the together. lair. Glad to be here. This place. Yes. Okay. For the love of all that is good. As soon as the weather is like just warm enough to be able to like crack them windows, crack those open. Yeah. Should we paint it purple? I have no. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) A lavender, a lilac, a lilac. Uh, no. But I do have purple Christmas lights we can hang. Okay, purple on purple, even better. Uh, Catherine. Okay. (laughs) For what? For you being home. Yeah. Here's and for Lori. And for Lori. Uh, always for again. Lori. And Lori's brain. And Lori's it was heart. so great to have you on again. Thank <laughs> and you so her much. soul. Yes. And my love for the ugly, greasy guy. My love for the <laughs> ugly, greasy guy. Always a winner. <laughs> but truly, thank you so much. Thank I you. can't wait to have you on again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. So that concludes this week's episode. Next week is still also sad. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. And don't let the muggles get you down.
Oh boy. It's just it's just not happy. But it does get a little <laughs> silly when Harry can't help but laugh when he thinks about like nitwit flubber oddment tweak. Yeah. When he thinks about like a few things that Dumbledore would say. So like that's good. And he gets our awkwardness there and he keeps thinking, like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, it's pretty normal, Let man. Let me tell you, Harry, pretty, a lot. Pretty, I'm kidding. Pretty, <laughs> pretty on par for Well, for remember flick. when you were 11 and you couldn't catch a letter? There's a lot <laughs> wrong on with the you. Ground. <laughs> that was on the ground. It works good. My brain would be like, you're not going to do it right. You don't have time. <laughs> All right. I feel that. You want me to scream that? Since <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Swishers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.